0: Thrift stores are such curious places, aren't they? A domain for people to bring their long discarded trinkets and items, and where others find hidden treasures or oddities that they would have never considered needing before. That odd coffee mug with the funny phrase. The random t-shirt from the 80's that you never thought you'd find, those creepy paintings hidden amongst the still lifes and landscapes. One can never know what exactly they'll find amongst the clothes and knickknacks. The thrift shops themselves are a relatively new concept. Most thrift stores or charity shops are actually set up to provide ways for people to donate their items, with the sale of those items to be donated to charity. One of the earliest shops was set up in 1888 to provide goods made by blind people to raise money for the Wolverhampton Society for the Blind. The Second World War brought about a more widespread use of charity shops, with the Red Cross opening up over 200 shops across Europe. While previously held in a bit of disdain as being dirty or for the less well off crowd, thrifting has become a more popular form of shopping thanks to YouTube channels showing off fashionable purchases found there. After all, there is a charm to hunting for that next peculiar trinket or rarity. One can look through the dusty books, the vintage records, the classic video games, wondering where that next gem will shine from. It's here, in a small bin in your local thrift shop, that we find a curious little cartridge, a small black rectangle, one word written on the label. We purchase it, racing home to check our Game Boy for fresh batteries sliding the cartridge into the slot and switching the power on. The screen lights up and the title dances across the screen as we begin our journey into the mysteries of Pokemon Black. Now, grab a warm drink for this cool night. Lock the doors. Check under the bed and in the closet. Settle into your favorite seat and listen closely. It's time for another fairy tale. Once upon a time, a young man settles into his favorite beanbag chair, a cool drink next to him on the floor, and his hand wrapped around a classic gray Game Boy. He had recently returned back from a shopping trip, traveling to various thrift stores in his area, looking to see if there had been any new treasures donated since his last trip. This thrifting session had proved very fortuitous On his nearby bed lay the bag of his findings, a shirt from one of his favorite classic cartoons, a book of bad and tasteless jokes, a pair of colorful sneakers, and a set of movies he was curious enough to check out. Nothing was more intriguing, however, than the last item he grabbed from the bottom of a bin of various video games. The cartridge was old, from the first generation of Game Boy games, with some scratches on the plastic casing. Part of the label was rubbed off, although it appeared that there was only one word on it. Pokemon. That, along with the obvious bootleg appearance, gave him more than enough reason to be excited. He had raced home, grabbing his drink and hiding away in his room ready to see what his new find would hold. He was, what he considered, a collector of odd and fan-made Pokemon games. Most of the games he collected were from the internet, played using a computer program, so there was a certain fun thrill at finding a cartridge version. Even with the mistranslations and poor quality, He enjoyed the hunt and satisfaction at finding something new. So when he found this strange new black cartridge, he knew he didn't want to waste any time in seeing what mysteries it held. The screen lights up with a familiar ding as the Nintendo logo flashed by. The game starts with the familiar Nidorino and Gengar intro of the red and blue versions. The first difference he notes is that the press start screen has been altered. Red, the protagonist, is still present, but the Pokemon were not cycling through as normal. The words black version are under the Pokemon logo. He presses start and the menu appears with two options, new game and options. His thumb presses the A button on new game and the screen changes again. A kindly looking old man materializes, beginning the same speech found in the red version, explaining the world of Pokemon and having the player name their avatar. The young man goes through the speech, names his character, then the game officially starts. His avatar appears in a small room, fingers moving from button to button The man makes his character move around, going through familiar motions from his long history of Pokemon games. As he progresses through the game, he watches, waiting to see what's different. Then, he finds his first big change. At the point where he can select his first Pokemon, the standard choices were still available. Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander. However, he notices a fourth ball, one holding a Pokemon called Ghost. He chooses this one, wanting to experience the gimmick that makes this game unique, then pulls up the Pokemon's information, noting that the only move it holds is Curse. The journey begins as he leaves the initial town, walking through the tall grass to move to the next town. Soon enough, a wild Pokemon appears, and he sees the second big change of the game. The defending Pokemon never attacks, instead text reading too scared to move, appearing during their turn. When he activates the cursed move, the screen turns black and the cry of the defending Pokemon plays distorted and slowed down. The screen returns to the battle view and the defending Pokemon is gone. In trainer battles, the man sees that after every time curse is used, a Pokeball disappears from the enemy trainer's display. Realization dawns on the man, he's killing the other Pokemon. After all the Pokemon are defeated, the victory message and rewards display, but the battle screen remains the same. The commands for the battle mode, fight, items, run, are all still available. He presses the fight command, uses curse, and then watches as the screen fades to black. As the screen lights back up, the avatar is back in the overworld, but the trainer that had challenged him is gone. Not sure if this is intentional or a glitch, he changes locations, then returns, finding a small tombstone where the trainer had once stood. Unease settles into the young man at the implications. He reminds himself it's just a game, as he continues moving through the world, fighting trainers and capturing wild Pokemon. Using Hearse makes it much easier to defeat the more difficult trainers, and he's able to move through the game much quicker than normal. He obsesses, wanting to see this through to the end, not getting up except when absolutely necessary. Town after town, trainer after trainer, gym after gym, cursed use over and over as he quickly eliminates the rival trainers. Soon enough the final battle concludes and the young man waits, tense to see what happens after the final trainer is cursed and disappears. The hall of fame ceremony plays with ghosts and a few random pokemon he captured scrolling across the screen. The screen goes black again and the words, many years later, comes up. When the screen lights back up, the man finds himself in Lavender Town with the avatar of an old man looking at a tombstone in the center of his screen. He presses a button and the avatar moves at a half speed pace and then he reviews his Pokemon screen, noticing that there are none in his possession. He wanders the world, empty of all other human characters. Only the tombstone from the trainers he used curse on showing up. No matter what zone he is in, the creepy music of Lavender Town plays on an infinite loop. Minutes pass, his eyes never leaving the screen as he moves his avatar until he brings the character back to the place he started. He enters the first town making his way slowly to the character's house, walking inside and up the stairs, positioning the avatar to stand exactly where he began the journey hours before. The screen fades to black, seconds pass, the young man keeping his breathing light, afraid to even move. A sprite appears, a Caterpie, the first Pokemon he ever encountered. Next a Weedle, then a Pidgey, Realization watches over him as the sprites change over and over from Rattata all the way to Blastoise, that these are all the Pokemon that he used cursed on. All of them that he killed. After the last Pokemon fades, a trainer appears, a youngster. Like the Pokemon, they fade and are replaced by a new trainer over and over. The trainers that he also used cursed on. The Lavender Town music continues playing throughout the sequence slowing and decreasing in pitch until it becomes little more than a demonic rumble. Another cut to black and the battle screen fades back in. In the spot where his Pokemon would normally be is an old man avatar. Across the screen where the defending Pokemon rests is the ghost. The words ghost wants to fight appear. And then the battle command fight appears, with no other options. As he chooses fight, the command struggle appears. He uses it with no effect to the ghost, but his avatar's health drops slightly. On the ghost's turn, it would simply remain still, and three dots would appear on the screen. Finally, when the avatar's health reaches a critical point, the ghost uses curse the screen cuts to black a final time the young man mashes the buttons to no avail the black screen remains no music coming from the device he switches the top switch turning the game off and back on he presses the A button over and over progressing through the screens until he comes to the initial menu continue game now appears as normal he selects it reading over the stats with growing dread until the Game Boy drops from his hand. Where his avatar name would normally be reads the words, you're next. Pokemon, or pocket monsters, as it was originally called, in its native Japan, was released in 1996. While an initial success in its home country, it took another two and a half years before the games found their way to American shores and for them to change the very face of video games and cartoons. The game's popularity grew, catching the eye of young children across the globe. Between the Japanese and American releases An anime cartoon was released bringing the game and monsters to slightly bigger screens with a separate story over 20 years later the series is still growing strong with multiple generational releases featuring new monsters console editions books comics movies trading cards and merchandise of course with popularity comes people attempting to leave their own mark on the beloved game series. While the game version discussed in tonight's story may or may not exist, there are many bootleg and fan-made Pokemon games that have gained their own renown, some even regarded as better than the original series. Fan favorites like Pokemon Glazed and Prism are still shared and played amongst die-hard players providing new stories, abilities, and experiences. Games like Pokemon Snakewood and Order and Chaos zombified existing Pokemon or added in completely new, created Pokemon, respectively. And of course, rumors of games like Pokemon Lost Silver or our own fine Pokemon Black have traveled the internet, providing a creepy or sinister twist to the series. With popularity must also come infamy, as people try to outdo each other with various stories and rumors they've heard about the game and series. In the original game alone, various rumors about hidden Pokemon, like Mew, or secret locations have been passed around and are still believed to be true by many players, despite the myths being debunked. Likewise, there has been a darker side to these stories, of which I must issue a warning that the next section does have discussion of self-harm and suicide. Please proceed with caution. You have been warned. In the winter of 1996, before the games found their way to America, a rash of hospitalizations grew across Japan. Children between the ages of seven to 12 were admitted to hospitals across the country, complaining of severe headaches, many showing signs of anxiety and hysteria. Even more disturbing were the children that harmed themselves, or jumped from the top of buildings, seemingly in panic. Authorities were baffled until the link was found. The connection that all these children had been playing the recently released Pokemon games. A review of the save files showed that each and every one of the children had progressed and stopped in Lavender Town, a town known for its dark theme of ghosts and its creepy music. Further research revealed that the music playing when the children explored the town was set at a high frequency, high enough to cause the illnesses the children were showing. The response was immediate as the game's programmers changed the music and set it at a lower frequency, recalling previous copies and sending out the new ones. The damage was done, and the Lavender Town syndrome still lives on in infamy. While the Lavender Town music comes across as much more fantasy-based, told to scare and frighten readers, there's been one significant true case dealing with Pokémon in mass hysteria, on December 16, 1997, the episode "Computer Warrior Porygon" aired across Japan, much to the delight of the growing fan base. In the episode, the heroes must go into a computer simulation to battle the Pokémon Porygon. During the course of the battle, Pikachu, the protagonist's main Pokémon, shocks the other with a blast of lightning causing the screen to light up and flash with alternating lights, an effect known as paka paka, commonly used in anime. Shortly after the episode aired, reports came in from all across the country as children were being rushed to the hospital after complaints of headaches, vomiting, and fainting caused parents concern. Epileptic seizures was the most obvious cause for the problems, however, Due to the sheer amount of children affected, reportedly over 1,200, the phenomenon was baffling since such a small number of the population is actually affected by epilepsy. The company worked to find an answer. Parents protested and had fought against the show, causing it to be removed from the air. After months of no answers, a new hypothesis was reached as authorities and medical doctors proclaimed that the children had been affected by mass hysteria. While there were true, genuine cases of children being affected by the flashing lights, the rumors and news of what was happening caused many other children to display the same effects days after the actual episode aired. Fortunately, when the episode came to the United States, there was no evidence that there were any similar difficulties and for all children They escaped the fates of so many of those afflicted by the Lavender Town syndrome While the Pokemon series as a whole has changed the world with its undeniable charm and cartoon monsters these stories and many like them serve to remind us that there's always A Darker Side. Fury Tales is a podcast dedicated to exploring how human fears have manifested in folk tales, urban legends, and visual media. It is written and produced by me. Music is provided by Nicholas Gasparini. New episodes will be released every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, as well as rate and review, and pass it on to any friends or family you think may be interested. Every bit of feedback is valuable to me, and I'll be sure to give you a shout-out on a future show. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FuryTales13. And remember, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. H.P. Lovecraft